It's July the 7th. Let's read the Bible. Friends, welcome back to this year-long journey from Genesis to Revelation in just one year. Here we are in the early days of July, hot summer days. I hope you're having a good time getting a little vacation, maybe going swimming, having some cookouts, whatever you do during the summer months. Thank you for joining us on this journey through the Word of God. We got a note from some friends up north, some Word of Life friends who said this, we continue to pray for the two of you daily and for the ministry as well. Reading through the Bible this year with you has been a huge blessing to us, and we so appreciate the application that is there for us each and every day. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to our Lord in so diligently serving Him well. Thank you for your prayers and for your kind words. And, um, you know, as we go through this every day, I keep saying this, every day, I discover something. There's, there's something about reading it out loud, especially for others, that opens your eyes. And there's something in the Word of God always for us. Hey, today, really big day, because we are moving from the Old Testament. We've been there for a while. We're now back in the New Testament. We've come to the Acts of the Apostles. What a fantastic book. You know, whenever I look at the book of Acts, I recall Oh, almost 50 years ago, when I had just graduated from Dallas Seminary and moved out to the West Coast with Marlene, didn't have any kids back then, moved to uh, Pastor Redeemer Covenant Church in Downey, California, little neighborhood church full of some of the sweetest people we ever knew, right out of seminary on Sunday morning, starting my first Sunday morning there in July of 1978, I started preaching through the book of Acts took me almost two years to get through it. And the people of that church, they were friendly and kind and very long-suffering to hear a rookie preacher uh, come to this great book. And it's a great place for me to begin my ministry. Um, and so whenever I come to this book, that's what I think of. This is, in a way, where my ministry started. What do we want to say about the book of Acts? Well, let me give you just some quick facts about it. Number one, it is one of two books in the New Testament written by Luke, the beloved physician. The Gospel of Luke, which we've already read through, and now the book of Acts. Did you know that if you added Luke and Acts together, two books, one author, that accounts for 27% of the New Testament. Over one quarter of the New Testament was written by Luke, the beloved physician. This book answers the question, what happened next. In fact, the very first verse says, I wrote this first narrative. He's talking about Luke Theophilus. That's the name of the man he wrote the book to about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. Wow. Until the day he was taken up after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. All I'm saying is this book, Luke is the beginning of the story of Jesus. Acts is the continuation of the story of Jesus. Luke is what Jesus did while he was on the earth. Acts is the story of what Jesus did through the Holy Spirit after he returned to heaven. It answers the question, what happened to the Jesus movement after Jesus went back to heaven? This book is built around two men. One is the Apostle Peter, chapters 1 through 12, and the second is the Apostle Paul, chapters 13 through 28. 
And the, the framework for the book is given to us in Acts 1.8. Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses, first in, Ju uh, in Jerusalem, and then in Judea, and then in Samaria, and then into the uttermost parts of the earth. And that's really, uh, in a sense, that's the outline of the book. Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then the Christians began to scatter out of Jerusalem, and they took the gospel to the ends of the earth. And when you come to the end of the book, Paul is under house arrest in Rome, the capital of the Roman Empire. This book then answers the question, how did the, how did the gospel, which was, a, which was started out of the warped and woof of, of Judaism, how did, how did the Christian movement, which came out of Judaism, how did it move from Jerusalem, the heart of Judaism, all the way to Rome, the center of the Roman Empire. So we're going to see that as we go through the book. Very simple outline, two parts. The ministry of Peter, chapters 1 through 12. The ministry of Paul, chapters 13 through 28. First Peter and then Paul. And then the ministry of Peter divides up this way. The ministry in Jerusalem, chapters 1 through 7. The ministry in Samaria, chapters 8 and 9. The ministry to the Gentiles, chapters 10 through 12. Then you move over to the Apostle Paul, starting in chapter 13. The first missionary journey, 13 through 15. The second missionary journey, 16 through 18. The third missionary journey, chapters 18 through 21. And then finally, the journey to Rome, chapters 22 through 28. So we want to say, Lord, guide our steps, open our eyes, as we read about the beginning of the Christian movement, Lord, inspire us, inspire us to write our own story as a continuation of what is found in this book. Many people have said this book, instead of being called the Acts of the Apostles, it ought to be called the Acts of the Holy Spirit. How the Holy Spirit uh, created the Christian church and how it moved out from Jerusalem to Rome, the capital of the Roman Empire, ultimately from there to the ends of the earth. Let's begin to read today, chapters 1 and 2. I wrote the first narrative, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up, after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he also presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While he was with them, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for the Father's promise, which he said, you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit in a few days. So when they'd come together, they asked him, Lord, are you restoring the kingdom to Israel at this time? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven, and suddenly two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus, who has been taken from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem 
from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. When they arrived, they went to the room upstairs where they were staying. Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas the son of James. They were, they all were continually united in prayer, along with the women, including Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. In those days, Peter stood up among the brothers and sisters. The number of people who were together was about 120, and said, Brothers and sisters, it was necessary that the scripture be fulfilled, that the Holy Spirit, through the mouth of David, foretold about Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was one of our number and shared in this ministry. Now this man acquired a field with his unrighteous wages. He fell headfirst, his body burst open, and his intestines spilled out. This became known to all the residents of Jerusalem, so that in their own language that field is called Hakeldama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his dwelling become desolate, let no one live in it, and let someone else take his position. Therefore, from among the men who have accompanied us during the whole time the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John until the day he was taken up from us, from among these it is necessary that one become a witness with us of his resurrection. So they proposed too. Joseph called Barsabbath, Barsabbas, which was also known as Justice, and Matthias. Then they prayed, You, Lord, know everyone's heart. Show which of these two you have chosen to take the place in this apostolic ministry that Judas left to go where he belongs. Then they cast lots for them, and the lot fell to Matthias, and he was added to the eleven apostles. Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, Visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, What does this mean? But uh, some sneered and said, They're drunk on new wine. Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, Fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let this be known to you and pay attention to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only nine in the morning. On the contrary, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. And it will be in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Then your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I will even pour out my servant on my spirit on my servants in those days, both men and women, and they will prophesy. I will display wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and a cloud of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the great and glorious day of the Lord comes. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs that God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death, because it was not possible for him to be held by death. For David says of him, I saw the Lord ever before me, because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. Moreover, my flesh will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to Hades or allow your Holy One to see decay. You have revealed the paths of life to me. You will fill me with gladness in your presence. Brothers and sisters, I can confidently speak to you about the patriarch David. He is both dead and buried, and his tomb is with us to this day since he was a prophet. He knew that God had sworn an oath to him to seat one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke concerning the resurrection of the Messiah. He, has, he was not abandoned in Hades, and his flesh did not experience decay. God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore, since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. For it was not David who ascended into the heavens, but he himself says, The Lord declared to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. So those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. They sold their possessions and property and distributed the proceeds, the proceeds to all as any had need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in the temple and broke bread from house to house. 
They ate their food with joyful and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Every day, the Lord added to their number those who were being saved. What a beginning. What a story. Jesus, before he ascended into heaven, he told his disciples, you stay in Jerusalem until you receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they said to him, so Lord, now, before you go, are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus doesn't tell them no. He doesn't say you're wrong to ask that. He just says the date of that, the time of that. I think what he meant was it's going to happen. But all of that, the, the, the timing of all that is with the Father in heaven. But while I'm gone, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, the very place where they crucified the Lord in uh, Judea and Samaria meaning outside Jerusalem. Judea, of course, was a, a, the, the basically Roman province there around the city of Jerusalem, but it was Jewish. But Samaria, that's, uh, you know, Gospel of John, woman at the well, had to cross racial and ethnic boundaries to get the gospel into Samaria, but from there to the uttermost parts of the world. You know what struck me as I was just reading this today? It's all, it's all about the Holy Spirit and what he can do. The, at the end of it, the church has been established. Where did Peter get the courage to stand up and preach and say, you with wicked hands, you crucified the Lord from heaven. Where did he get that courage? Peter, who, who not that many days before had denied Jesus, not once, not twice, but three times, but now filled with the Holy Spirit, he who had betrayed the Lord, under pressure and fearful and tired and worn out, now filled with the Spirit, he preaches the gospel, and 3,000 are saved in one day. Oh, the Holy Spirit, he is at work. The Holy Spirit gave birth to the Christian church, gave Peter the power, gave the apostles the power, gave the early church the power to praise God, to, to meet together, to to follow the apostles' doctrine. The church was born in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We ought to pray, oh God, do it again. Lord, while in others thou art calling, do not pass me by. So we pray, Lord, let that same Pentecostal spirit, we used to sing Pentecostal power, let the floodgates of blessing on us be opened wide. Lord, send the power the old-time power, that sinners be converted and thy name be glorified. So as we begin our journey through this wonderful book of, of, of Acts, let us pray there might be an outpouring of Pentecostal power in our day. Lord, not on others, on us. Fill us, use us, give us courage to witness for Christ today. Let that power fall as it fell on the day of Pentecost. Let it come in cleansing power to make us, Lord, what you want us to be. That's our prayer. Go out and through the Holy Spirit, have a great God-blessed day. Come back tomorrow. There's a lot more in the book of Acts. And you know, it says here, 
the end of chapter two, enjoying the favor of all the people. Well, that's about to change. Come back tomorrow. We're going to see what happens. See you then.